What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys today and, uh, you know, chilling with you guys, talking with you on a Wednesday afternoon when I'm recording this. Hopefully you guys will be listening to this Wednesday night, Thursday, or anytime before the Saturday slate of games. Uh, really excited to be talking and uh, I cannot wait to jump into what I've got uh, planned for you guys. Uh, as always, we'll be going through our uh, FCS tiers. We kind of released it last week. I got a lot of uh, a lot of interesting comments from from some folks, and I'm glad that you guys, it, for the most part, it seemed like you guys liked it, and uh, most of you listened and understood kind of what I was going for. And uh, like I said, I think that that it is superior to a top 25. We will still release our top 25 at the very end, uh, but we're going to leave that uh, tier system for the middle of the podcast and uh, kind of go over some things and then of course uh, what we're looking forward to this next week so I want to start off with this uh, this this afternoon and because I I love college football I take a lot of time to to contemplate uh, to go over what I think is is acceptable what I think is good uh, and and that kind of stuff now the college football a lot of people are calling it a a revolution we're going into what would be deemed as as the next big shakeup, if you want to go there. I remember when this first kind of struck this conference realignment. Uh, I'm a University of Utah fan, and so I remember being really excited for the Utes to go into the Pac-12 to play against uh, teams like USC, UCLA. I even had a chance to be in person and see UCLA play and see, you know, a team that I had dreamed about. And and my dad's a huge UCLA fan. And and see them in person. It, It was amazing. It was truly, truly amazing. Now we're in this next little mix-up, right? Oklahoma and Texas kind of kicked it off instead of, you know, BYU and Colorado and Utah and Nebraska. We're kind of, we started with Oklahoma and Texas. And of course, they they move into the SEC, which caused uh, the American Athletic to have to move some people because some people joined the Big 12. Teams like Boise State, San Diego State are kind of waiting and uh, to see where they go. And as, as I'm contemplating it, I see a lot of FCS fans, uh, Weaver State, JMU, Sam Houston, all, all these teams. And uh, they're like, well, you know, the Conference USA is going to start poaching some people. Uh, as of this, this uh, a couple days ago, uh, you know, and the AAC to add Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, UTSA. Uh, this afternoon, Southern Miss and Marshall going to the Sun Belt. The CUSA has kind of been depleted. And they're like, well, where are they going to get some people? And if you look around at some of the people that have, have moved up from the FCS to the FBS, uh, um, you can make some notable, you can look at some of these notable teams, right? We're going to take Western Kentucky, for example. Uh, they they entered uh, a little while back. Um, they were ranked. They were able to get ranked. They've been able to go to seven bowl games since being part of the FBS. Um, and they were, I mean, they were good in the FCS. They, they were a decent team. But four and three, like I said, they've been able to be ranked in 2015. 
got as high. I believe 25th was the highest that they've got. Uh, they've been able to to have some really good wins, some close wins. Uh, really, really a fun team to watch. And, and and ever since they've they've entered, I've been really big uh, on this team. And you're like, okay, well. Okay, best case scenario, we're just going to take Western Kentucky. Um, in their seven games, we'll just go for the last five, the last five bowl games. They have played in the Miami Beach Bowl against USF, uh, the Boca Raton Bowl against Memphis, the Cure Bowl against Georgia State, the First Responder Bowl against Western Michigan, and the Lending Tree Bowl against Georgia State. Again, kind of a double whammy. And so you're like, okay, so that's best case scenario. I mean, there's some other teams out there, Charlotte and and uh, some of these other teams that have been FCS, win uh, FBS. Old Dome is another good one. They haven't had as much success, um, only going to one bowl game the Bahama Bulls. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument for a team like Appalachian State. I love Appalachian State. Uh, Coastal Carolina, they they have absolutely dominated, getting as high as number nine last year. They're looking great this year. Uh, Appalachian State 6-0 and in their bowl games. So Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, uh, and Western Kentucky is kind of your your top. That's what, what we're aspiring to be. But there's not not everyone is, is Coastal Carolina. Not everyone's Appalachian State. Then you take a team like UMass, for example, who has now left the FCS and decided to go up to the FBS. And I'm just going to go over the last few years, uh, their records, starting <coughs> in 2012, 1111, 2013, 1111, 2014, 3-9, 2015-3-9, 2016-2-10, 2017-4-8, 2018-4-8, 2019-1-11, 2020-0-4, so, you take those two diametrically opposite things, right? There, there probably isn't uh, a worse example out there from UMass. Uh, you might want to say Idaho. Uh, they weren't really good when they, they had left. I mean, they had gone to a bowl game, but not really uh, done anything. You might say, well, New Mexico State uh, could drop down and be a part of the WAC. Uh, they haven't, they've only been to one bowl game since the 1960s, and that was in 2017, where they won in overtime against Utah State. And uh, last year, they lost to Tarleton State and struggled against my alma mater, Dixie State. So you've got kind of examples of both. And I just think it comes down to, uh, number one, uh, we always talk about football. I think that the university presidents are far more concerned about all of these other sports as well. Uh, you know, basketball, uh, baseball, uh, soccer. Now, football is the moneymaker, but I think that, number one, not everything revolves around football. Football is the moneymaker, like I said, but I don't think everything revolves around it. Number two, I think if you sit, to, you sit down and you really think to yourself, you're like, okay, I'm James Madison. We can go be the next Coastal Carolina. We could go be the next um, Appalachian State. Whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you say in, in your mind. If you can think you can do that, then go and do it. But if you think that you're more on the path of Old Dominion or on the path of UMass, why on earth would you ever leave the FCS to go and play in the FBS? Now you'd say, well, to play for all the glory in the national championship. Well, you get a national championship in the FCS. Uh, they give out rings. NDSU gets as many rings as, as the players at Alabama. Right now, it's not as televised. It's not as followed as the FBS. We're not kidding ourselves here. But if you think going to the Cure Bowl 
or going to the Bahama Bowl is what you want for your university as a fan, you can think of it. Okay, then do it. But as a James Madison fan, they've been to the national championship multiple times. They've been able to play for it. They've been able to go to the semifinals, quarterfinals. They're in the the talk and discussion of the top teams every single year. Why would you jump up? And honestly, why wouldn't more teams move down? UConn is getting mollywopped right now in in the FBS. UMass, not doing very hot yourself either. If that's what you want and you want to say, well, I want to play in you know, X conference for, for this or for that, then go for it if it's for other sports. But if it's just for football, UMass could drop down. I still don't think they would be a top FCS team. I think most FCS teams would give UMass everything they want and more. But wouldn't you as a UMass fan be more excited to see them win six, seven, eight, nine, ten games versus four games at their best or eight games over a period of two years with, with 16 losses? Is that really where you want your team? Now, growing up in, in, in Utah, I've been in and around FCS, Weaver State, SUU, and now my alma mater, Dixie State. And honestly, for me, I would love to see Dixie State go and make it to the FCS playoffs. And I think that would be phenomenal if we could do that. It would be a major accomplishment for our school and for the alumni uh, of, of Dixie State. Now, do I think that I want to see them going up against big-time competition uh, like an FCS Independent or Mountain West and Colorado State? Sure, that would be great. But knowing that they could play for a national championship, I think, looms so much larger, in my opinion, as a fan. Now, that might not be for everyone's opinion, but that's just mine. I honestly think if you can think to yourself, I'm going to go to the Cure Bowl. I'm going to go to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Really put that into perspective versus I'm one of four teams playing for the national championship. I'm one of two teams playing for the national championship. I personally think that's why North Dakota State hasn't gone up because they want to win national championships. And the winner, I mean, the Mountain West, your best shot, if you have a couple of losses, maybe one or two losses throughout the season, the Las Vegas Bowl. And is that where, where NDSU aspires to be? Or do they aspire to getting that ring, hoisting the national championship? It's something to think about as we go, as we move into uh, this revolution of college football. Uh, and I think if, if that's what you want for your team, then that's your opinion. But that's my opinion for my team. And, uh, you know, I've talked to my wife about it, talked to my parents, talked to my friends that have gone to the smaller FCS schools. And I think there's something special about uh, a team like Southern Utah or like Weber State or Portland State. Uh, it's just uh, it's football, in my opinion, at its best is these small grassroots kind of programs. They have so much fun football. Don't get me wrong. Being in Rice Eccles, being in Lavelle Edwards, uh, being in some of these big time, you know, uh, Sam Boyd, I went down there, saw a game. Be- seeing these big time college football games, 100% electric, so much fun. But one of the most memorable games in my life is going to the Weaver State Montana, Montana game a couple years ago, quarterfinals. Snow, rain, terrible weather, but it was electric. The atmosphere. The intensity. Honestly, one of the top sports moments, if not the top sports moment of my entire life. I don't know. Going to to a jazz playoff game is is a lot of fun as well. Um, Vivint Arena gets up. But but that's just, as, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, 
I would take that, the intensity of that, versus the Las Vegas Bowl. Anyway, just take it or leave it. That's kind of my thoughts as we go forward. Now, uh, we had a lot of fun games this last week. Um, Some upsets, uh, some unexpected twists and turns. And I am ready to talk about my tears as we kind of transition uh, into the next segment here on Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, My tears, again, uh, for those of you who missed last week's episode, I make tears because I think that tears uh, show a little bit more of the story as far as the the, 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 what's actually happening. Um, I think that you know, you can put number one. They're they're so interchangeable, and it's so much. It's ripe for discussion. But I think tears are a little bit more. Uh, you can be a little bit more honest, and uh, you have posers that that look like they're undefeated and they're super great, like. Broncos or Panthers in the NFL that had played the Jets, the Giants, and and the likes of those teams. And so multiple people are like, well, what's going on with Carolina? What's going on with Denver? We're 3-3. and We've had multiple losses. Well, it's because who you played. And so uh, I think a tier system would kind of weed it out because you would maybe put them in a wait and see or let's wait until they get actual good competition. And then we'll talk about it. So here we go. No change at the top right now. Championship bubble. I still think it's Sam Houston, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and James Madison. Now, I know, SIU fans, you guys are going to jump my guns here. You're going to say, what am I talking about? You're going to send all kinds of interesting messages saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to get into that as we talk about SIU uh, into the ones so when we get to their tier. One of the most interesting, interesting people here uh, out there along with uh, the SIU fans, is the EWU fans. And that kind of moves us on to our next tier. It's a one-man tier, and that is the next three weeks. Uh, You look at Eastern Washington. Yes, they did beat UNLV. Congratulations. Double overtime. And then a bunch of really not, not impressive victories. The next three. Central Washington D2 team, Western Illinois, uh, you know, bottom of the Missouri Valley, SUU, you, you beat them pretty bad. It was difficult to go all the way over to altitude, down to Cedar City, but you beat them. You did beat Montana, which was impressive, uh, you know, a nighttime game on the red, but it was at home. I'm going to kind of mention that. You, you, you kicked the snot out of Northern Colorado, and you put up 71 against Idaho just to, you know, put a little bit of uh, salt in the wound. The next three weeks for Eastern Washington are going to be the most crucial. I'm kind of cooling on Montana. I kind of thought the win against Montana, a lot of people had them ranked super high because of the win against Washington. But Montana has not played very good. And so that win is looking less and less impressive, especially with it being at home. The next three weeks will tell me everything I need to know. And maybe it's just a look at the draw. But you get Weber State, Montana State, and UC Davis. Okay, Two of the three are at home. If you beat down on Weaver State. Actually, the last time that they lost on the red was Weaver State back in 2017. If you beat down on Weaver State, who has a tremendous, tremendous defense, uh, not really much of an offensive, uh, you know, team right now, but a great defense. If you can beat Weaver State, followed by Montana State, followed by on the road at UC Davis, I think you guys are the front runners for the national champions. The next three weeks is going to tell me everything. I think they're a good team. I want to put them in the championship bubble. But if they drop two of these games, three of these games, all three of these games, then what am I going to do? And so instead of trying to be right and try to be giving out a hot take or trying to to kind of get you uh, everyone I got you, well, I'm just going to wait and see. 
I'm going to see how it plays out. I want to watch with my eyes at 2 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. I want to see what they do against Weaver State. The following week, I'll see what they do against Montana State. And maybe I see more against Weaver State, and I put them into my championship bubble, and I forget it. But I'm, right now... I'm just going to wait and see. I want to hold. Uh, you know, this is in, in poker. I want to see what I flop. Uh, I don't want, you know, I have decent cards, but I want to see what I can get out of it. That's what I'm going to be doing with uh, Eastern Mich- or Eastern Washington. Sorry, not Eastern Michigan. And I think that's why they deserve to have their tier as their own tier called the next three weeks. So moving on to the next tier, I have what I call the Chase Pack tier. Now we're going to kind of roll through these. SIU, Villanova, Southeast Louisiana, Montana State reluctantly, and UIW. SIU fans, uh, I believe in in the theory, what that says, right, of physics. For every action, there's an equal and, and opposite reaction, right? And so when when there's an action placed, there's going to be a recoil of that action. If, you, if that makes sense, right? So, SIU, as you look over their schedule, has had one loss against Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas. was a close game, 31-23. to Very entertaining. But as you look down, from basically the entire month of October, we have an overtime win against Western Illinois, which is kind of bottom of the barrel Missouri Valley uh, football conference uh, team. But you beat them by one. Then you go on the road again to South Dakota State. South Dakota State elects to go for two. They don't get it. They win by one. You play North Dakota last week. The North Dakota kicker missed two field goals in the fourth quarter. I believe it was two field goals in the fourth quarter, but at least in the second half for sure. Uh, I was watching that game, and you come away with a 31-28 victory. Now, I'm not trying to dog on SIU. I think SIU is a really, really good football team. But when you have three close wins, you are bound to have three close losses. It, I, I actually track this in, in, my, in my Excel spreadsheets, my algorithms and stuff. Because I think it's very telling. If you have a close win, you're bound to have a close loss. Now, that close loss might not come until next year, but you're going to have it. It always equals out. Over a 10-year period, most, if not all teams, are going to have the exact amount, right? Same thing with interceptions. Maybe one year they're really good. Maybe the next year they give away. It could be over a year time period. But right now, you are due for a close, close uh, defeat and I honestly think that that might happen within the next couple of games that they play. On the road at Northern Iowa, home against Missouri State. Both teams are formidable foes. I don't think, uh, I think you split those. I think you go one and two in those. You finish up with Indiana State and Youngstown State. But you, what you don't want is to go in, right? You're, you're a seeded team into the playoffs thinking that you are a lot better because the gap between you and North Dakota is not very big. South Dakota State elected to go for two. And maybe the gap really isn't big between SIU and SDSU. Obviously, they won. But I, I wouldn't get too comfortable uh, with, you know, yes, you are undefeated against FCS teams with only one loss on the season. But I would be a little weary if I was an SIU 
MCU fan. Villanova, I want to get a little pushback on my on my rankings on this, but I think they're good, and I think they deserve where they're at. Uh, at Southeast Louisiana playing out of their mind. Montana State, I don't know if they are a super great team. They only uh, put up six points in the second half against Weaver State. Uh, we, had Weaver State's offense been uh, semi-able to move the ball, I think Weaver State beats them 28-13. Uh, to Weaver State left a lot of points out there, so that's why I have them in the chase pack. I want to watch them. I believe they play Idaho State this week, followed by uh, EWU. I really want to see what they do against EWU before I ever promote them. Finally, uh, UIW was able to come back from being down against Nichols. I liked this team at the beginning of the season. Last spring, I've talked a lot about them. I think they deserve. Okay, the one ugly loss team, UC Davis. Damn, man, that one-off that one off loss against Idaho State is going to look very, very ugly. But right now, they were able to get back on track. Rhode Island, kind of a stinker against Towson uh, last week. I want to see how they rebound. I think that this team can but I don't think it's going to be easy. You're on the road at Villanova this week. You're home against Maine at Massachusetts, which is an FBS team. We just talked about them. Home against New Hampshire at Elon. Uh, you've got to beat... Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, if you lose to Villanova, fine. Villanova is is a really good team. Uh, but you have to beat Maine, and you're going to have to beat New Hampshire and Elon. With two losses, I think that there is a potential for them to get into the college football playoff. But you cannot drop a game against Maine, which is a pesky, pesky team, and a New Hampshire team. Even Elon, this is not a very uh, favorable you know, road out. I don't think... I mean, obviously, I think the committee looks at that UMass game if you beat them, like, great. But if you lose, I don't think they're really going to hold it against you. Next, we have Missouri State. Uh, I still think that, you know, with only that one loss, I think they're still a pretty good football team. And uh, I think they're going to make some noise in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Holy Cross, I'm going to put in this one. Uh... You know they have they've had a couple of losses, uh, and uh, but I still think they're they've only had one ugly loss. VMI was able to bounce back and really be down on Mercer last week. Sacramento State, their only loss, which really wasn't, I mean, it was a semi-ugly loss, was to UNI, which was a pretty good team. I still think they're a top 25 team, if not a fringe team. Uh, so they only have one loss, so they're sitting pretty after the win against Montana. I have Montana in here, uh, and honestly, I'm scared to leave them here. I think their their schedule on the way out is pretty easy, uh, but that Montana State game is going to tell me a lot. I think that if they win out, I think or uh, even lose to Montana State they'd only have three losses and that would be to Sacramento State Montana State and EWU which I think they get in uh, underneath that discretion but you know not great right now you're going to have to be Montana State to really get the committee's eyes and finally uh, Eastern Kentucky kind of a newcomer playing well uh, we're going to wait and see if we can divide up their their tiers next week uh, into different tiers besides being in the one ugly loss category the newcomers, these are teams that I think are, are going through some volatile changes. These teams are good football teams, but not, um, you know, I don't know what they're to do because I think they're lacking experience. They're new uh, to being at the level that we're talking about. Mercer, UT Martin, South Dakota, William & Mary, Murray State. William & Mary lost last week. South Dakota won, but I need to see them against the big boys of the Valley. Uh, UT Martin looking really, really good. Didn't play great against EIU, but they got the win that was important we'll see where they go going forward murray state's only loss is to ut martin uh their other two losses come to fbs teams so they could 
still be trying to get the committee's eye. Mercer had a really bad stinker against VMI. Hopefully they bounce back this next week. But I think that's more uh, due to lack of inexperience. VMI going to the playoffs last year uh, kind of have a little bit more experience on their side. Uh, Mercer just needs to be able to gain that. Of course, we have the automatic qualifiers, Kenosha State or Monmouth. I still think it's Monmouth. One of those two get in. I don't think the other one would get into the in uh, even even at, uh, where they're at right now, uh, Duquesne and Davidson. Finally, we have two more categories. We have the living on a prayer category. Uh, this means they, they're going to need a little bit of help to get in. Uh, New Hampshire, Weber State, North Dakota, Furman, Nichols, Jacksonville State, uh, Northern Iowa, and Stephen F. Austin. They're going to need... Uh, really to win out uh, or win the games that they're supposed to win, maybe get an upset or two and have a couple people upsetted in this. Um, oh, and I forgot the uh, ETSU, I, I apologize, was in the one ugly loss category. I had an arrow pointed to it, but I went over it. ETSU up there. Um, and so these teams that I just mentioned, uh, they're going to need a little bit of help to get into the playoffs. I think these are going to be the bubble teams, you know, last four in, last four out. They're going to be kind of sitting here, but they're going to need a little bit, a bit of help to get into the playoffs. Finally, we have what I call the pandemonium uh, tier, Central Arkansas and Delaware. There were just going to need an absolute, uh, you know, crazy town for them to to get in uh, and so those are this is where that's at I hope you guys like it again I love doing the tiers it's a lot more I do a lot more research uh, versus just looking at record I look into future record future betting and uh, this week talking about the future we have some absolutely incredible incredible games that I am really excited for uh, we'll kind of look over a couple of them before we uh, send you guys off a, t- a game that's not going to a lot of publicity is Duquesne and Sacred Heart. These two uh, fought last year to go to the FCS playoffs. Sacred Heart pulled it out in overtime. It was, a, it was, if I remember correctly, it was an absolutely amazing game. I remember watching it on my couch. That's not going to get a lot of publicity, uh, but it will definitely be one that I'll be tuning into. Uh, again, New Hampshire and Elan. If New Hampshire's in living on a prayer, I guess you could put Elan as well. Uh, if they win, they could start making waves. They're going to need a couple. Well, they're going to need some help. Uh, either both of those teams to really get in. Uh, a big one, Incarnate Word. I love this team. I'm going to continue to follow this team. The only downside right now is the Southland doesn't have as many uh, people in their conference, so you're getting a double. They've already played McNeese State. I think they're better than McNeese State, but it is hard to beat a team twice in one year. They go McNeese, Houston Baptist, and Southeast Louisiana. They only pull Southeast Louisiana once, so that is very, very lucky, but they're going to have to play Nichols uh, twice. They're going to have to play Houston Baptist twice, McNeese twice. That is very difficult playing them over and over, so we'll definitely be watching that. A lot of people want me to talk about Chattanooga. This week against Samford, I think one team goes up, one team goes down, and I will talk about that a little bit later uh, into next week. Uh, We'll see how South Dakota fares against Illinois State. Illinois State is just one of those pesky teams. We'll see if South Dakota's legit or for real. Uh, Another one, ETSU against Furman. Like I said, Furman's kind of on the living on the pair category. ETSU has turned some heads, but they really need, uh, after a kind of an ugly, lackluster win, I've watched every minute of that, 
against Chattanooga. Uh, they're going to really need to bounce back on the road at uh, Furman against the Paladins. Should be a fun game to watch. In Delaware, you're going to need pandemonium to break out. Uh, if you beat James Madison, that would kind of start it. I think you move up to living on a prayer. If you lose this game, I think you can kind of almost count them out. Uh, they are slipping and slipping fast. North Dakota can get back on track this week against Western Illinois. They're 2-4, and four, but they are, they are, the gap is not very, very far. They've had a couple of rough breaks. Again, Murray State and UT Martin. Uh, Murray State's taking on Austin P. They're going to be playing really tough. And uh, I think uh, I think Murray State, if they can continue to win, there is a possibility that they get two out of the Ohio Valley. Uh, and then you have UT Martin taking on SEMO. Uh, and I think that would be a really interesting game. Uh, if you're a Murray State fan, you want them to lose, to have a tie. Obviously, they'd own the tiebreaker, but uh, you would definitely be cheering for that just to at least you know get a share of that, that crown. Uh, Sam Houston does take on Jacksonville State. That should be a fun one. The Cats hosting the Gamecocks. I will be tuning into that. We already mentioned the Villanova-Rhode Island game. Something to watch. William & Mary will be taking on Towson. If Towson kind of starts rattling off some wins. Maybe we could be talking about them as a legit team as far as the playoff goes. Uh, William & Mary dropped a stinker last week. Let's see if they can get back on track. I think a really fun one, Missouri State against North Dakota State. We'll see if the Bears don't psych themselves up too much, and uh, I'll be tuning in there. Uh, another Bear team, we have Mercer taking on Wofford. I hope that Mercer can bounce back, learn from that loss against VMI, and continue to move towards that SoCon uh, you know, title with ETSU losing, but you lost as well. It's kind of a, you know, everyone's game, anyone's game right now, a team that we'll be definitely tuning into. And then out of the big sky, of course, we have EWU against Weaver State. But I think most of the, the favorites will win uh, in the big sky. I think Montana beats Idaho. Davis beats Pauley. Uh, and then Sacramento State beats NAU. And so it should be uh, a lot of fun to be watching those games. And then, uh, so we'll all release, uh, here, this is my time, uh, we'll release our uh, top 25, not spend a, too, um, a ton amount of time on it, I'm just going to kind of rattle it off so you guys know at least where it's at. Uh, I might be transitioning in the next couple of weeks to playoff rankings. Uh, I know it's kind of a quick transition going from some of the games that we want to watch to the top 25. But again, I think the tier system is so much more uh, efficient and accurate. Shows a lot more. Uh, yes, I dropped UC Davis way down after their loss against Idaho State. Now they've kind of come up, but I don't know if they're better, honestly, than Sacramento State, for example, who is just above them. Kind of a teaser. Uh, but I'm excited to watch uh, and, and kind of I like doing rankings. I just think this tier system is a lot uh, more efficient. So coming in at uh, we're going to go from the bottom to the top. Number 25, we have Murray State. 24, Duquesne. Not a lot of people are talking about them. Only have one loss. They can beat Sacred Heart. They can run through the NEC. I think this is a team I don't know if they get a playoff win, but they be, be they need to be talked about as as a team to potentially get a playoff upset, depending on who they pull as far as the playoffs go. EKU newcomer to the top twenty-five. They have uh, they have one ugly loss. I, I still think this is a good team. I gotta wait and see. Uh, they've again they're kind of a volatile team. They go up and down. It's hard to pinpoint them. So I have them in at twenty-three, twenty-two. My Mercer Bears. Sad to see them. 
lose this last week. Like I said, they need to get back on track against Wofford. Uh, the SoCon is wide open. With ETSU losing, uh, we're going to have a really fun time watching how the SoCon kind of plays out. Coming in at 21, we have Holy Cross. 20, Rhode Island. A little bit of a drop after their loss against Towson. If they beat Nova, I mean, like, holy cow. Uh, but I think even if they do lose to Nova, they stay within the top 25. I think Villanova is a tremendous team. Coming in at 19, Keenishaw State. Uh, I think this is a, an alright team. I don't want to give too much. Uh, I always feel like a lot of people have them ranked really high and they disappoint in the playoffs. So I have them at 19. Number 18, I have the key debts of VMI. Weren't ranked last week, ranked this week after the win against Mercer. Again, like I said with Mercer, so-called wide open. VMI is definitely in the race. Coming in at 17, we have Sacramento State. Their only loss against is against UNI. I think they have a pretty favorable schedule coming out. And uh, they're a team that was really good a couple years ago, sat out last year. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see them and what they can do. Coming in at 16, we have UC Davis. 15, ETSU. Kind of took a tumble. Uh, five spots down. I would rank them lower, but I just think they're better than, than the people below them. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back. If they can't, then it's obviously I was wrong on them. Uh, maybe I jumped the gun a week early because I was skeptical, but after their, their last win, I was like, you know what? I'm putting them in. They're undefeated. They're, they're looking good. Had a stinker. We'll see if that's a UC Davis stinker, which is kind of just a one-off game, or if it's going to be a more a part of a bigger story. Number 14, Montana. Number 13, South Dakota. I'm not going to put them into the top 10 yet. I got to see them play against the big dogs. Uh, coming in at 12, I have UT Martin. I think UT Martin <coughs> is a phenomenal team. And uh, they look like they're on track to win the Ohio Valley uh, football, uh, the, the conference there. Uh, coming in at 11, I have UIW. Don't want to overreact too much against a, a comeback win against uh, Nichols. I thought Nichols played really, really interesting. They were going for it on fourth, fourth down. A lot of UIW's plays came off a big, you know, one pop gun type offense, you know, blown coverage, that kind of stuff. Uh, I still like them. Uh, I'm going to be buying some swag from UIW's uh, bookstore. I love them love this team and I'm excited I really want to see if they come out of the uh, Southland and uh, I can't wait to watch that matchup against Southeast Louisiana coming in at 10 we have Missouri State number 9 we have uh, Southeast Louisiana they have a tremendous offense this team is absolutely rolling they're going to roll over Northwestern State like I said until they play UIW I don't think they're going to get much of competition I do believe they play Nichols again uh, but I think that uh, Southeast Louisiana and UIW are the ones that get in 8 Montana State again in reluctantly. I did not like what I saw against Weaver State. They got the win. Ogden's a tough place to play, understand, but that is, uh, it was hard. It's going to be something to, that I can't unsee as playoff time comes around. Villanova, a lot of people are going to get mad about this ranking, and this is why I don't like rankings, but I have Villanova at 7. Number 6, JMU. Uh, I know that Nova beat JMU, uh, but I still think that JMU is a better team. It was an overtime win, a one-point win, and that's... Uh, this is my opinion. That's kind of where I have it, which is kind of crazy because I have South Dakota State 5 and SIU 4, where SIU beat them one point game, but they've had a couple of wins. They beat North Dakota. Uh, South Dakota uh, looking to have a big time game against UNI this week. Number 3, North Dakota State. Number 2, Sam Houston. Number 1, Eastern Washington. And uh, that is my top 25. Like I said, I don't like the top 25 uh, because it is the, the inconsistencies. It's very hard to be consistent. The tiers are a better system. 
Finally, I want to wrap up with uh, the 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 team of the hour, the alumni hour, if you want to call it. Uh, Dixie State will be taking on uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, two weeks ago, Dixie State played really, really tough against Montana and uh, looked good for the first half. I was able to follow that game very, very closely, watch it uh, with my brother. La, he actually is still a student at Dixie State, so uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, even though it was up in Missoula. I believe that's where Montana is. Yeah, up in Montana, uh, it was it was great to watch. Even though they lost last week, they did lose to Tarleton State. Uh, you know, our contemporary, the team that we came into the FCS with, it was kind of tough. I was not able to go to that game. I had some prior uh, obligations, but this week we are looking to be in person against uh, you know Stephen F. Austin. Got to go out and support my boys in the red and blue. Uh, I think Stephen F. Austin wins. I think that they're um, honestly a fringe playoff team and they're always a fringe top 25 team when I'm making that uh, they're on the the I believe they're in the living on a prayer category uh, tier right but uh, we'll see what happens I got to see it with my eyes I got to see Stephen F. Austin I know that they a couple years ago they came to SUU and lost I believe it was like three or four overtimes uh, it was a really close game really entertaining game I watched it uh, on local television and uh, so we'll see uh, you know that was the last time they were here in Utah we'll see if they uh, uh can play well against Dixie State or if Dixie State can pull out the victory. Afterwards, Dixie State does a couple more, uh, uh, some uh, rough road stretch, Delaware and Sam Houston, uh, followed up by two home games, Fort Lewis and uh, Missouri State. And we'll definitely be going to that Missouri State game in late November. Anyway, this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. I hope you guys like it. And I know I always say to send us your comments, let us know what we're thinking. And uh, SIU fans, <laughs> Villanova fans, DW fans, you might be a little mad at me. We'll just give it a couple of weeks and uh, we'll jump back in. I hope you guys enjoyed it as we talked about conference realignment. Does the FCS want this? We talked about the tiers, some of our fun games, and obviously the top 25. And, of course, the alumni corner for Dixie State. Gotta love the Trailblazers. Again, I hope you guys have a wonderful and safe week. We'll be tuning into these games. Let me know your score predictions. Let me know anything that you guys want. Uh, to me, I'm always willing to talk about FCS football. Thank you guys so much, and keep the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling.